Right, hello and welcome back to another Villa on Tour podcast. I'm your host, Max Stokes, as ever, joined by Simon Lyon. Simon, how are you, mate? You all good? Yeah, I'm not too bad, thank you. Yeah, all good. Lovely. Nice to come on talking uh, about another win. Three on the bounce now, not too bad at all on this bank holiday Monday. I've had a decent day, actually. I've been to uh, watch a bit of non-league action today. My local side, Redditch United, away at Alf Church in a sort of local rivalry. Absolutely ridiculous game. Look, guys, if you if you don't go to non-league football, please go. It's it's so good. I mean, the, the standard isn't always great, but because the standard is like that across the board, it makes some pretty fun games. The game today was 4-4. It was absolutely ridiculous. Redditch were 3-1 down uh, at half-time. Come back to win it in the 88th minute. 4-3 with the goal from the halfway line. Absolutely outrageous, but they didn't actually end up to go on and win it. They give away a penalty and they draw 4-4 in the 92nd minute. It was just absolutely outrageous. So that's how my bank holiday Monday has gone. Um, it's been pretty incredible. You are going to come to that uh, You are going to come with me, weren't you, Simon? But you, you missed out on that absolute classic at non-league. Missed out, mate. I was, yeah, I was planning on it, but uh, yeah, I just, I was just too busy. I just had too many things to do. In the end. <laughs> I had far too many errands to run for a bank holiday Monday, which is. Uh which is never ideal, isn't it? So, yeah, sounds like I missed a good one there. Yeah, it was crazy. It was such a good day. Anyway, thank you for the support on the uh, the Burnley video. It's gone down really well. If you haven't checked out that video, uh, please go and do that on the Villa on Tour YouTube channel, of course. Also, please do leave a review on this uh, podcast. Whatever you're listening on, whether it's Spotify, Apple, whatever it is, please do leave uh, a nice review on there if you do want to because it gives us a little boost up the algorithm and uh, lets other people discover this podcast as well. So that would be very nice. Thank you very much. Right then, let's move on to our day in Burnley then. The coach was, uh, if you've seen the video, you would have seen how annoyed you were about how early the coach was. 7am. Gord, if you're listening, please make the coaches <laughs> later. Gord is the guy that uh, organises the coaches and stuff like we all really do appreciate all the work he does, but Jesus, 7am for a trip up north is, is a little bit too much on a Sunday. We're in Lancashire for, for half nine. It was it was a little bit early, wasn't it? God, it was, yeah. Sunday morning. And Sunday morning, <laughs> I was up at, what time was I up? I think it was about five to five, my alarm was set on, on Sunday morning. Because obviously I've got to get over towards you and and then uh, and then on to the coach. So yeah, five to five, my alarm was set on the Sunday morning. So, but no, it was good. It was good. A few pre-match, uh, pre-match drinks in in the Weatherspoons in Accrington, wasn't it? Accrington Town Centre. Yeah. Um, and it was only what another twenty minutes then on the coach to to Turf Moor. So no, it was good. It was a good choice of pub and stuff. Um, but yeah, just a little bit early. <laughs> It wasn't, yeah, it didn't feel too far, actually. I mean, we drank in Accrington, and then, like you said, it was just like 15, 20 minutes over to Burnley. So it wasn't wasn't too bad, the journey, just north of Manchester, isn't it, Burnley? So not too bad. Talk about Turf more then. I, I really like it, you know. I think I've seen a few people give it a little bit of stick. I mean, even Owen came up the stairs the other day and said that it's like one of the worst away ends. But I don't know, man. There's something about it. Like, I really like it. It's, it's, it's old. It's classic. It's like a classic English football stadium. Four stands. None of this bowl nonsense. I think the main stand where the dugouts are, um, there's wooden seats and things like that so I really like Turf more. I think it's a little bit underrated yeah no I do it's it's really traditional isn't it you know I'm, I'm always a lover of you know sort of the old stadiums and the older weigh-ins and so yeah Turf more is a yeah it's 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 up there I just prefer I just prefer the older stadiums and the traditional feel for it so I quite like going to Turf more. I um yeah I I always enjoy it and we tend to have a pretty okay record at Burnley as well, so mm. uh, it's a fairly happy hunting ground for Villa over the years. And so, yeah, no, I, I, I really like it. I always get a good vibe from it. Um, so, yeah, a, a trip there is always welcome for me. Yeah, I think I've been there three times and seen three wins, I think, since we've been back in the Premier League. We've played there four times. The game we lost, I think it was in lockdown, wasn't it? Was that the, the 3-2 game? I think I remember Grealish scoring yeah. a really, really good goal in that game. But obviously there was no fans, so in my mind that doesn't count. I like the, I like the stand beyond the goal as well. Obviously, 
it's 50-50 split between away fans and home fans. That makes for quite a good atmosphere as well. So I really, really like that. It feels like we've kind of started to find our groove a little bit. I think the Everton and Hibs game, they've, they've been kind games, haven't they? They've kind of allowed us to find our groove after that shocker of an opening day at Newcastle. I thought Burnley would be a pretty tough game. I think we were speaking to, to someone I know in the away end just before the game and they were sort of saying, you know, they'd take a point there. But I always thought we could go up there and, and get a win. Like you said, we've got a decent record up there. Not that that really makes much difference, but Burnley were a little bit of an unknown, aren't they? We were saying it on the video before the game. Like they've only, they'd only played one game before this and that was against Man City. Obviously, they were due to play Luton, which I think would have been a really good fixture for them to potentially go on and win and start and get a little bit of momentum. But obviously, that was cancelled due to whatever's going on down in Luton. So a little bit of an unknown, Burnley, but we turned up there and got the job done, didn't we? Yeah, we did, and um, and I think you know I think what you just said there about you know kind games in terms of Everton and Hibs, and I I, I sort of agree with that, but I I just take us back to you know walking out of St James's Park on the opening day, and I think the main thing I was saying walking back to our hotel was that this won't define our season. This five-one defeat today, while it it was horrendous, and while we you know you look at it and you think, oh my God, Villa got absolute wallet. Uh, I said it, it won't define our season. It's the open day of the season. Weird things can happen. And it's about how we bounce back. And um, I feel like we bounce back in some style, to be honest with you. You know, we have a lot of goals scored and the one goal conceded in the three games. And um, and the thing is, yeah, we can say they're kind games, but you've still got to go out there and do it, haven't you? And the, and the fact is, is that I, I, I just think Villa have responded really, really well, you know, and responded emphatically, really. And, um, you know, it would have been easy for the Villa players' heads to have dropped a little bit, especially with the mm. injuries to Mings and Buendia, which are absolutely huge, you know, two really big players for the team, especially Mings being the leader he is within within the squad. Um, and so I think for Villa to bounce back like they have done, OK, yeah, you could say the opposition we played hasn't been, you know, the, 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 the level of some teams. I just think it's it's been a really, really good response and I think all credit to the to the squad for that. Looking at Burnley yesterday going into it, it looked a tough game, didn't it? I mean, they were no mugs against Man City on the opening day. They, they, were, they were pretty decent since they were playing... Uh, Man City, and so I thought it would be a fairly tough game. I still think it was, um, but I just think on the on the whole, I think Villa just showed their class and just sort of outclassed them, didn't they? Which which was really really nice to see. Yeah, I think Burnley will pick up a, a fair few points at home this season. I think they played some decent stuff. I just think they they might need a few more weeks to sort of get in the groove that they need to sort of pick up the wins that they're going to need. I think I think they'll be okay this season because purely I think there's three worst teams in the Premier League. I think we'll I don't think we need to talk about that, but yeah, there's some absolute shockers in the Premier League this season. So I think Burnley will be okay. Team news then, we came off the coach and the team news came out and we were thinking it wasn't as ideal as maybe it could have been. Obviously Martinez is out. Um I think it's only a couple of days. So I think he'll be back on the sore pat uh, like patches he was wearing on his calf during the Hibs game and obviously he came off at half time, so it was a little bit of a concern, but it sounds like he'll be back relatively soon uh, Carlos coming in Cons are shifting out wide sort of that right centre back position slash right back Cash moving further forward which uh, looks now like it was an absolute masterstroke doesn't it but yeah going into the game I think there was a few murmurings of, of team news issues I saw a few things on Twitter but that's Twitter for you so yeah t- team news was a little bit different to maybe what we could have hoped for yeah no it was it, 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 it was different and um, and I think people were saying that Leon Bailey wasn't playing because he was he, he was injured but He's got a bit of a knock, but I'm not sure whether that was actually that true. I feel like the, I feel like looking back on it, I think the cash ring was actually a, a, a tactical decision by by Emery. And I think looking at his post match interview when he was talking about how he how he how he he'd studied Burnley and how they played against Man City and how uh, out of possession they weren't 
sort of giving Man City any sort of time on the ball. Um, I think he realised Villa had to be a little bit more sort of quick and a little bit more direct. And I suppose Matty Cash gives you that, doesn't he? He's quite he's quite a dynamic sort of player. He's quite he's quite a direct player. He, he does like running at teams, um, as we've seen before. I mean, when Emery first came in, he, Cash sort of struggled with the Emery sort of system. There was times when Emery used to be bellowing at him from the touchline because he was mm-hmm. sort of bombing forward rather than keeping that defensive structure as Emery likes. Um, and so I think... He, it absolutely suited Matty Cash, to be honest with you. And Ezra Kwanzaa, you know, shifted over to the to, to the right, which, again, Emery likes to do, because then it frees up the left-back to sort of bomb on forward. I think it worked really, really well, to be fair to him. And uh, and I think that's all credit to the manager again, though. It shows that he can adapt from game to game. He, he studies the opposition really in, in great detail. Um, and he's able to put a game plan together, which not many of us can, can second-guess, really. And I think Cash summed that up in his post-match interview. He was saying about how Emery does create a totally different game plan for every game, and usually everything he says is what happens during a game. And Cash even even said, you know, he's, he's a he's, he's a genius, basically. He's absolutely incredible. Um, and for a player to be saying that about your manager is, um, well, it feels a bit weird to be, to, to be a Villa fan and hearing one of our players yeah. say that about a manager, doesn't it? <laughs> it does feel really weird. Um, so, yeah, he raised a few eyebrows probably before the game. Um but that's why we got such an elite manager, I suppose, isn't it? He won't, he keeps you second guessing, and then he's you know he studied it hard in the week, and his game plan absolutely pays off. Yeah, I really like Matty Cash. I think if anyone hasn't seen that post-match interview that he did, I urge anyone to go and watch it because Matty Cash seems quite down to earth, doesn't he? Seems like he's mm. unlike most footballers. He seems like he's got a bit of personality about him. Like you said, he, he was bigging up the manager, saying how dynamic he is, and he sort of knows how each game is going to go before obviously a ball is kicked. So that's really encouraging and, and refreshing to know that even the players. I think I mean we can all see it, can't we? But even the players saying it about him is really really good. But I think we started the game well, didn't we? Moving the ball really really well. That first goal really nice. McGinn over the the stops of Watkins. I think Watkins, one of his touches was a little bit heavy, but I think the end it paid off. He looped it over Trafford and Cash. He just wants it more, doesn't he? Matty Cash steaming in at the back stick ahead of that defender. He just wanted it more. Yeah, no, absolutely. But it was, it was such a nice goal again, though, wasn't it? It was McGinn found uh, Watkins with, with his with his long ball, um, and and Watkins involved again, isn't he? So many so many goal contributions for Ali Watkins, and yeah, yeah, he took a little bit of a heavy touch, and I think he was going for goal to be honest. Um, and then obviously you know it looped sort of over the keeper, and Cash was there in the right place at the right time to to put it in in, in at the far post. But yeah, in terms of Ali. Watkins just full of running, full of energy, and um, yeah, while it's not a, a you know a goal on the on, on on the sheet for him, it's a it's another goal contribution. It it just shows yeah. how how vital he is in that Villa setup. Really, he's that lone striker who's you know consistently involved in everything good that we do going forward. Um, and so yeah, it was another top performance from Watkins. But yeah, he set us up nicely, didn't it? That goal. Yeah, I thought Watkins was absolutely fantastic. People who may not have watched the game or look that oh he hasn't scored, he can't have had that much of an impact. But he really does. We all know what Ollie Watkins is about. We say it pretty much every week. Me and you absolutely love him. He always seems to to get involved, and he's getting involved in assists as well, which is really nice. Something else that Matty Cash sort of said was Unai Emery had identified that Burnley want to sort of look after the ball, and they did. I think overall they had 57% of the ball. That was probably a little bit more in the first half and the sort of plan for Villa was to hit them on the counter. We look so dangerous on the counter, don't we? I think Diaby, I mean, we'll talk about him later when we talk about his goal, but he sort of injected that pace into the team, hasn't he? We move the ball so well on the counter. We look incredibly dangerous, don't we? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, and again, I think the system helped us out with that because I think um, having cash there, it gave that little bit, 
you know sort of sort of more protection um and it allowed sort of John McGinn to to to, to get closer to Diaby up the field um and then Diaby just in that sort of second striker sort of role I mean he's absolutely excelling isn't he I mean like if you look at his career he's always played as a winger um and yet it it's pretty obvious that Unai Emery has brought him in to play in that sort of second striker role, which is a, a totally new role for him, essentially. Um, and yet it looks like he's been playing there all of his career, doesn't it, kind of thing. And he's just such a, he's been such a, I think he's just such a good acquisition. I mean, I, I think you can always tell with new signings. I think if they if they hit the ground running and look like they've been there forever, you know that they're, they're such a good player. And that's what it's like with Diaby. He doesn't look like a new sign, does he? He just looks like he's been no. wearing a Villa jersey for, for, for a very long time. But he's just, yeah, he's just got that, added bit of class hasn't he like the ball's like a magnet to his foot sort of thing and yeah. it's, he doesn't seem to lose it very often he's got that injection of pace he can mix it up um, you know down the left wing down the right wing through the centre good finisher and he's building up a good sort of partnership up, up there with, with Ollie Watkins and then when he does play like Bailey etc and you can see that more and more I think you know it will start to bring the likes of Zaniolo in and uh, Jacob Ramsey and Moreno you can just see these players having you know really good sort of partnerships on the field but DRB, I, I just, yeah, to be honest, run out of superlatives to talk about him. I just think he, he looks a real, real talent. Yeah, I feel like we've talked about him so much already. We're only sort of three games into the season and he's a new signing, like you said, but he doesn't doesn't look like that. No. He looks like he's been playing there for a very, very long time. And it, we, How often have we said that as Villa fans, though? How many times have we signed a player and he comes in and looks like DRB mm. has and just looks like he's been playing for us for years? It's it's really, really rare. So, yeah, DRB, just absolutely incredible again. Another contribution for him as well, though, like a, an assist. Um, and obviously gets a goal later. Well, the assist for the second goal, which we'll come on to now, which is, for me, mate, contender for goal of the season already Villa tweeted that it was a 19 pass move that went on for about 90 seconds it's an outrageous goal isn't it passing um, if it doesn't happen you go back you recycle the ball you look after the ball it, obviously when when the opportunities come up for you Cash and Diaby link up with a 1-2 another Matty Cash great finish Diaby assist a brilliant brilliant goal yeah and if you if you watch it from back to front it involves pretty much the whole team it starts at the back with Carlos mm. involves Cons are on the right, involves Cash, DRB, John McGinn, Ollie Watkins through the centre midfield as well with Louise and Kamara. It literally involves pretty much the whole team. Um, and it was as it was going on, I, I was going, oh, this is great football, this is this is brilliant. And, <laughs> and then by the time like, I'd literally finished my sentence, the ball was in the back of the net. It was just great movement, wasn't it? And I, and I think massive credit to Cash as well, like, as, a, as, a, as a supposed right back usually. I mean, for him to get into these positions, and then it was such a good finish. It was an incredible mm. finish. Um, and yeah, like he's, he's been, you know, he's clearly been like taking tips off like Lewandowski on international duty or something <laughs> because like that finish was just absolutely brilliant. But yeah, it just uh, it just summed up that move. That move was just absolutely incredible, and it just I, I like I like how Villa can mix it up though. We can play football like that, um, you know, play, really really be patient, play it through the line sort of thing, and create really good opportunities like that while we're playing really good football. But then we can be pretty like you know backs to the wall, pretty sturdy, pretty tough at times as well and um, yeah I, I just I just like that and I think I said on Twitter last night that I just like that two sides that Villa have got you know we like to play this expansive sort of style of football which Emery demands us to do but then you know we're going to be difficult to beat at the same time as well and even like defensively like at times yesterday um, especially in the second half when we were defending you could see that sort of bank of like six lining up again at the back which yeah. is a lot we were doing that quite a lot last season when we were getting a lot of joy on the road um, and I feel like um, obviously at Newcastle the first day of the season we, we failed to do that and we were a little bit naive we tried to go toe to toe with uh, Newcastle really on the opening day 
and we got punished for it, um, which you can do in the Premier League. You know, you have to adapt your tactics sort of thing when you go away from home. And that came back into our game yesterday, I noticed. And um, it just sets you up, doesn't it? It just sets you up for success on the road. And uh, But yeah, I just love how we can mix it up. And that move just, just really showed. It involved all the players. And yeah, what a goal. I think we're able to use, sort of use that back six to our advantage because we attack at such pace, though. Like we, we don't, we don't need to worry about having so many players back because we know we've got that pace to move up the field so so quickly that we know teams can't handle, and that worked to our advantage yesterday. But also, like you said, we can play liquid football and score goals like that second one, which was absolutely outrageous. I think something interesting that match of the day pointed out was the fact that Villa was sort of three on three with Burnley so many times, and I think Watkins had a chance that I missed while we were in the stadium because it was quite far away. I couldn't quite see it. But Watkins had a chance, didn't he? Trafford makes a, a save from close range. Again, though, that comes from really, really good football. And Burnley Burnley were okay moving the ball forward. I think they, they did. They had some quick, nippy players, like that Benson, who went off at half-time, strangely, because I thought he was he looked pretty decent. They had a left winger who looked good as well. But I, I just think defensively, they, they looked exposed a little bit. Um, and I think that's testament to, to Villa, to be fair. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we, we moved the ball so quick, though, didn't we, yesterday? And again, that's another thing that Emery sort of alluded to in his post-match. I think uh, he was with the written press, with the Athletic, he was talking about um, about how quickly Villa moved the ball yesterday. And again, he said, it, he said after analysing Burnley, um, you know, previously, we realised we haven't got time to, we, we haven't got time all the time to keep making... Um, you know, eleven, twelve, thirteen passes, sort of thing. We have to speak. We have to. We yeah. had to speed it up, and we had to go a little bit more direct because of how they are in your face when they're out of possession, kind of thing. And it's just those little details, probably little details that, to me or you watching Burnley in previous weeks, we wouldn't have seen that. But yet, to Unai Emery, it's like, yeah, that, that's where they they can really hurt us. And so this is what we're actually going to do to you know to, to 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 counteract that. And yeah, I just I just I, I love having a manager who can do that. I, I've said for years I, I don't want to see a manager who makes the same subs every week or make you know it's the same tactics every week without fail and we we never change within a game or anything like that. I used to I used to moan blind about it. I, I really did. I used to think God, we got such so we got ba- proper a basic manager here who never can never make like in game changes. Um, and when you look at Emery, it's just it's chalk and cheese, isn't it? To, to, to other managers we've had, it's it's just it's mind boggling, really. It's just mind boggling at how how intelligent he is as, as as a coach to be able to see all these little things. Yeah, literally twelve months ago when I was making videos, like I can picture it so clearly now. Like for example, coming back from that Forest game that we drew one one, where Ashley Young scored, and I can I can literally picture myself saying. It's the same week in, week out. We turn up to each game and we know exactly what we're going to expect. And that was so frustrating as a football fan. You're going all over the country. but We're going all over the country and we just know exactly what we're going to see. And if you have a poor first four or five minutes, you know you're not going to have a good day. And that was the most demoralising thing in the world. And I can't believe that was literally 12 months ago. It was literally 12 months ago. And now, fast forward, we are in such a great place with such a great manager who can turn on, he studies teams. And we said it earlier... Bernie play with such a high intense press that we we just counteracted that brilliantly and thought right okay we'll let them have the ball then because Villa we've seen it we, we want to sort of control the ball and look after the ball and have a little bit more possession but we thought we'll let Burnley have it and then we'll hit them on the counter and I think testament to the centre house yesterday as well I think 
it was it was quite good. That's how we wanted to play. Torres and Carlos at the back, they can have that defence splitting sort of ball that goes from defence to attack in one pass. And then you sort of turn it on, your pace turns on with DRB, you're giving the ball and suddenly you're up the pitch from literally three seconds ago, the ball being with the centre half. So I thought Torres and Carlos were, were decent with the ball yesterday. I think Carlos, we talked about it a couple of times, could do with a little bit of work. I think a couple of times his passes went astray, maybe a few more times than we would have liked. But Torres particularly really good with the ball yeah yeah absolutely I totally agree I think I think in terms of Carlos um I think I think he's getting there I do I think he's getting there um don't get me wrong he's nowhere near his best at the moment he's like there's obviously a player in there because we paid nearly 30 million for him from Sevilla he's he's obviously not a bad player who had a yeah he had a very serious injury before we were able to see probably anything of him essentially mm-hmm. um and yeah, I've wondered about his. I've wondered about his fitness. I've wondered about is he a bit too bulky? Um, and you know, I've said about his distribution as well. And I and I think when Mings was fit, I was saying to you, I, I worry for him because I don't see where he's going to get regular first team football from. I thought that was going to be really hard for him. But obviously, with Mings's injury, it's opened sort of a, a window of opportunity for him really. And um, and Villa need it. You know, Villa really need to to, to be able to count on on the players to replace Mings and. And um, and you know you look at Carlos and he should be able to do that. You know, like I say, he was a thirty million pounds sort of centre half from Sevilla and was only signed a year ago and he he's, he came quite highly rated and and he's and he's supposedly you know supposedly a leader. I remember when Steven Gerrard was the manager, Carlos was appointed as one of the captains, wasn't he? If you remember, yeah. um, so he was in that group of leaders. And so you're looking at Carlos and you think he should be a, an able standing really for Mings essentially. I mean, he plays the game very differently and. He plays the game probably very differently to a lot of centre halves, really. I mean, um, he's quite. He always. I don't know. It kind of feels like he's quite. Uh, what's the word? Quite like nonchalant on the ball, very like casual. Do you know what I mean? Like very. He yeah. plays the way he plays in that sort of continental sort of way, doesn't he, Carlos? And but do you know what? I'm, I was pleased for him. I thought he had. A, I thought he had a decent game, and I'm hoping he's starting to sort of settle down and get into that run of get into that run of games which he badly needed. Um, and then Torres alongside him, yeah, you know what? I think he's starting to come into his own as well. Um, we know he's probably going to have his limitations, his his strength, which I'm sure we'll come on to when we talk about Burnley's goal. Um, but in terms of him passing, I mean, he gives you the other side of it, doesn't he? Where he's able to pass the ball out and find those little pockets of space. He's so calm on the ball, and there was that one in the first half, and he just lobbed it over the back of the Burnley defence. Um, yeah. And then there was a, there was another couple. There was one where um, there, there was one where it led to a really good attack for Villa, and yeah. And so Torres's Torres's distribution is absolutely brilliant, and he'll just grow into his into his role, sort of thing. And like I say, you're not going to get the perfect player, are you? You know, you're always going to have downsides to, 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 to a player and so you could say Torres' downside is probably his strength um, and he's probably he's probably never going to massively improve on that because it's the sort of build he is um, but then you think okay we've got that but then he might turn provider in, in fair few goals that, that, that we score this season and so you know the, the, the benefits probably outweigh the negatives kind of thing and so yeah I was pleased for them it looks like they're striking up a, a fairly decent partnership between the pair and I thought they were I thought they were solid yesterday yeah, they were, and I think people forget that this at the start of the season, like Carlos and Torres, it wasn't the plan. Like it's sort of it's come out of nowhere, hasn't it? We probably, like you said, weren't expecting Carlos to play nearly any football. To be fair, we were saying that he sort of needs to go out. Where's he going to play? Is he going to play? I think with Mings's injury, it sort of shoved him in there, and we haven't really got a choice. So I think week on week, that them two are going to get better, aren't they? They're going to learn mm. more about each other. They're going to talk to each other. Communication's going to improve. So we're still very early yeah. in sort of the Torres and Cons. Uh, 
Torres and Carlos sort of time, aren't we? So that's that's only going to get better. I think at halftime, me and you were absolutely buzzing, weren't we? I think it was probably one of the best halves we've seen in a long time. Like, it was so controlled. I think Burnley, they only really had one chance, didn't they? That sort of shot that went over the bar that had Olsen scrambling a little bit. But I think that first half was absolutely spot on. It was just a shame that going into the second half, it was the worst possible start, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was, and it was... Sort of just like a you know like a long ball into the box, wasn't it? And obviously Dean, you know, struggled to deal with it at the at the back post because of his height. And then obviously what I just mentioned there about Torres's um, Torres's strength, he got spanned in he? where a lot of you know a lot of players showed him the other side and sort of out muscle him off the ball sort of thing. But obviously Torres struggled to do that, and then the the the, the forwards you know managed to turn and fire it past the keeper. And so yeah, it was it was um, it was a disappointing start to the half and probably the worst probably probably the worst way to start the half and then you know Burnley had a good sort of spell after that and it was up to Villa to try and you know r- r- ride the storm essentially and I think the one thing yeah. I would say is that Villa of previous years would have folded at that point though and you know the, inevit- oh, the, the inevitable equaliser would have come and um, but you, you know what even even in that danger period that we had I never actually felt that much in danger though if I'm being totally honest and I think that's again it's a credit to Emery and this Villa side they're a different beast these days though and even when you are under the cosh because you, you, you're going to get it at some point during a game you're not going to especially in a Premier League game you're not going to go 90 minutes without having you know any pressure on, 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 on your goal um, and I just think it's credit to Emery and this Villa side that we're just able to ride these storms without really you know, feeling that much pressure though. I mean, you think about it after 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 they did get that one back, they didn't have a lot after that for that ten fifteen minutes spell, did they? They had the obviously they had, they had the header which Olsen made a you know sort of a routine save for. Um, but apart from that, they didn't have a lot in that period, did they? No, they didn't. I think the only couple of things was when Kamara and Olsen had a little bit of struggle. I think both of them made a pretty dodgy pass. Yeah. Um, but again, though, we defended it well and it went out of place. It wasn't too dangerous. I think it was the first time sort of Turf Moor woke up and then that was the first time they really made any noise for that sort of 10, 15 minute spell. But like you said, you're not going to go through a Premier League game controlling it fully for 90 minutes with no issues at all. That's going to be incredibly rare. But I think we rode it well. I remember saying to you in the stands, like, we need to ride this wave and 100% we would have collapsed previously. Absolutely. So I think we rode that really well. And I say, like, if we if we make this 3-1, it kills the game, essentially. And we did. We got that goal, even when we were under the cosh a little bit. And that's why the celebrations are so good in that way. in because it was not not maybe not relief because like you said we didn't really concede too many chances in that sort of 10-15 minute spell but it was just to sort of get that two goal cushion just made it so much easier for Villa and it's all about momentum isn't it like you can see how Burnley didn't really create anything in that first half but as soon as you get that goal and the crowd gets up up for it momentum is so big in football um, but I think to get that DRB goal just just killed any sort of noise that Turf Moor was making and it was a great goal again John McGinn in midfield turning and playing that that ball through to Luca Dean and it's a great ball across to DRB and the finish is absolutely superb as well into that bottom corner and like I said the celebrations are absolutely fantastic to get that two goal cushion back superb mate yeah, and do you know what? The goal just totally epitomised everything that John McGinn is to Aston Villa. I mean, the ball comes to him and he, he's able to just, you know, spin and get us on the move that quickly. And, you know, four credit to Luca Dean, who bombed on down the left-hand side. It's exactly what the manager wants from him. Something we might not have seen in the past sort of thing. It was like a, it was like an Alex Moreno sort of, sort of, sort of move, wasn't it? From, from, from Luca Dean. Like, like give him full credit. He got up that pitch so quickly. But yeah, just John McGinn, just absolutely outstanding. Turned, t- turned them, turned the midfielder. Obviously, he was being fouled and the referee 
uh, played a very good advantage. I'll give him credit for that. Um, and yeah, Luca Dean just finds f- f- finds his way at the edge of the area. Great picked out Musa Diaby brilliantly when maybe in the past he would have just fired that into the box without really looking. Um, but he yeah. finds Diaby on sort of like the edge of the area and. And again, just a really sort of precise finish again from Diaby though, and him showing his class. Like again, some players would just smash that and just hope for the best. But Diaby knows exactly where he wants to put that, doesn't he? And he, he places it. It doesn't even look like he uses that much power on it, but he just places it. And it's so far into the corner that the goalkeeper's just not saving it. Um, but it was a pivotal, pivotal time of the game. You know, we were back to the wall a little bit, a little bit against the run of play. Perfect counter-attack, but yeah, there was just some real great individual play in that goal, and I just think John McGinn, just, uh, yeah, it just everything everything he does at the moment just seems so good, and, you know, we say it all the time, when he plays well, Villa play well, um, and at the moment, it's it's every week with John McGinn, isn't it? He's just, uh, he, the, he's just a superstar, he's like an absolute monster in that midfield, and I know we all love him, and, and you know, he's really grown into that leadership role as well for me, like, oh, like yeah. I say, he just drags us, he drags the team up with him and yesterday our backs against the wall a little bit under the cosh and John McGinn receives the ball really in a position where you know other players might have lost it or he could have booted that and it would have you know gone back to a Burnley player but no he he, he forces it he forces it forward and forces the team forward we end up scoring um, and yeah I love that goal I thought it was I love counter-attack goals and I just yeah I just I thought it was an absolutely brilliant goal yeah, John McGinn is the perfect captain. I absolutely love him. I remember, I remember when he got announced last year. We were in Wren when it got announced, and we were thinking oh, it's a bit odd, isn't it? It's a little bit strange, but he's really, really grown into that leadership role, and he's—I I don't know what more we can say about him. Like he's just absolutely fantastic every single week, and he's even getting, um, you know, great passes through when he's being fouled as well. So absolutely incredible. And Aston Villa seem to be the kings of the cutback goal, don't we? I mean, I think we mentioned it towards the end of last season. We, we love a cutback goal, even the the second Matty Cash goal in this Burnley game was sort of a cutback as well so just that move like Luca Dean with another assist we just love that don't we yeah but you know what I think it's all, com- it's all it comes from having confidence in playing football and playing good football though that's the thing and you're right we, we do we do tend to score a lot of goals on the cutback and you look back to like last season even at Villa Park you know like D- D- Douglas Louise had a couple didn't he towards the end of the season mm. I think Bailey had a had, had a couple and Jacob Ramsey we could go on and on but I think that's purely down to confidence on the ball though we know that we're now a good football inside we have good footballers um, and we're able to play teams sort of off the park with how we play football um, you know in years gone by under previous managers we'd have got to the byline like Luca Dean yesterday and we'd have just swung it in you know high in hope. yeah hope that yeah. someone's going to get on the end of it um, and now Villa, Villa don't do that anymore we get to the byline and we, we think right is there somebody going to be in a good position on the edge of the area here or just inside the area where they can just place it into the net or you know and I think we have a, we tend to have a couple of them most games to be honest and like I say it just it just shows the confidence that's running through the team they they've now really got confidence in playing the way that Unai Emery wants us to and yeah it's it's just great to watch yeah, absolutely. And it's hard to defend against as well because we are so quick in doing it as well. And the new Diaby song as well. <laughs> Villa have been criticised previously about sort of our, our song sheet and how there's a lack of it and we sing LLLA all the time and the atmosphere, this, that and the other. But talk about the away end yesterday, mate. I thought it was absolutely non-stop. It's one of the best I've been and it was it was so, so good. And the new Diaby song was brilliant and it went on for a good while as well after that goal, didn't it? Yeah, it did. It's one to get everyone dancing around to, isn't it? And uh, Yeah, I feel like it just fits, doesn't it? Yeah. 
feel like it really just fits and uh yeah hopefully the the last bit of the chant you know we're all going to Athens hopefully we can <laughs> hopefully we can sort of replace that with you know we go in with wherever the the Europa League is or the Champions League is like like next season something like that well yeah let's hope that we we don't stop singing this song in like March or whatever when we get knocked out let's hope we're singing that song all the way to May (laughs) yeah absolutely but no yeah the the atmosphere overall in the way and Jesse was uh was 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 really really good. A couple of new chants, which was great. Obviously, Diaby and the Zaniolo one as well. And yeah, no, it was it was it was great. Villa fans in fine voice, and uh, yeah, it's always it's always a, a joy to be when the away ends like that. Yeah, there's just a feel good factor around Villa, isn't there at the moment? Especially away from home as well. I mean, previously we've talked about it a million times, but just <laughs> previously, especially when I first started going away, we always had a really bad record, and it was just like, oh, here we go again. But at the moment, just going away from home, following Villa, Unai Emery's Villa is just an absolute pleasure, and it's so fun. You mentioned the new Zaniolo song as well. There, that was really good fun. I think he came on for Diaby, didn't he? He was playing in that sort of Diaby role for about the last twenty minutes or so, wasn't it? I think he was on for like a couple of minutes, and he could have scored. He had a one on one. I think he was a little bit in doubt whether to shoot, whether to pass it, because I think Watkins was in a good position as well. But if he scored to make it 4-1, literally after two minutes of coming on, that would have been incredible. And he looks good, doesn't he, Zaniola? I think he looked really, really good. And we said it before the game, we were like, he's such a unique footballer, like six foot three, playing sort of further forward. You don't really see that. He plays with his shirt tucked in, which is such a minor detail. But again, you don't really see that too often. So he looks like a good player, doesn't he? He looks like a really different option. And that's that's really refreshing to see. <laughs> As what you just said there just summed it up. He, he, he's very unique, isn't he? I mean, you don't get you know you don't get really tall wingers very often. I mean, I'm just I'm just trying to wrap my brains now to think of of any really, and you can't think of many. I'm sure there, ha- there has been some in the past, but he's just that yeah, like so so big, so so tall, and yet he looks really quick and very you know good with the ball at his feet and got a powerful shot and um, he's got that little sort of air of sort of Italian arrogance about him I think which is yeah. but I, I feel like it's going to go down well though you know he came on with, with his you know shirt tucked in and his and his his pink boots on and all of his you know <laughs> tattoos over his arms and his legs he just he's got that you know like the floppy hair so he's got that little little air of arrogance about him but I his just pineapple tattoo yeah. on his left leg which is a bit random but we love it <laughs> I just I just feel like he's going to be one of the players who Villa fans sort of take to, to their heart a little bit if you can if you can stay fit I feel like he's going to provide us with a few moments of magic and do you know what I, I'd have been disappointed if he hadn't have gone for goal if I'm being honest on his debut yeah. I mean, he's running through he's excited he's on his debut <laughs> if, if he didn't go for goal there's something wrong with him there okay okay <laughs> if it was nil-nil um, yeah, maybe maybe the manager would have been absolutely fuming with him for not squaring it. But I've got to be honest, I'd fit we'd all have done the same, wouldn't we? And, and you know, let, let, let's see how it goes with that one. Maybe let's hope he's not too sort of greedy moving forward. But yeah, he's got something about him. He's got something really, really good about him, I think. And uh, yeah, I think he could be one of these players that ends up being, you know, he's a little bit unassuming in terms of a signing in. There wasn't a lot made about it, it was there, like there was about DR. Mm. But I've got, a, I've got a feeling he's going to be good for us, I really do. Like a little bit of like a cult hero or something yeah. like that like a, a sort of a random iconic name that goes down in like the history books I don't know maybe there's just she's yeah. got that feeling about him haven't we yeah, like, do you know what though he's so, like, like, like a Carboni or something like that or I'm just yeah. thinking back to like I know I'm not just saying it because he's Italian but he was kind of like a you know like a maverick sort of player as well like you, you know you didn't know what to expect from him and he always used to catch you a little bit by surprise and I kind of feel like he's going to be a little bit like that uh, I'm, I'm really excited about him I, I think I love when I love when we sign like unique players like you know, you can sign a lot of like standard run of the mill players in football, like yeah. um but it's it's rare that you sign like a real sort of 
um, you know, sort of, sort of, sort of individual player like him. And so I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. Yeah, it's nice to sort of. When he was coming on yesterday, I was thinking, I've, I've never watched this guy in my life. Like, I've, I've never seen him. So it's nice to sort of see that player that you don't know anything about. Like, you see all these compilations on Twitter and YouTube and whatever, but they don't really mean anything. But I think it said a lot that he saw a lot of the ball. I think this is something that we threw at Cam Archer during, during pre-season, that you're getting this opportunity, but you're not seeing anything of the ball and you're not really doing anything with it. But Zaniola, I know we 3-1 up and it would have been different if he started the game or at 0-0, mm. but it says a lot that he saw a lot of the ball and he seemed confident with with it putting it through players' legs and doing no look passes, and he had a couple of shots as well, didn't he? That yeah. it looks like he's got a very decent shot on him, by the way, with that left foot. So I don't know. He, he just looks like an exciting player, and it's quite annoying that he can't play on Thursday yeah. because he was involved in some of the qualifying rounds uh, with Galatasaray earlier on in the season. So it's annoying that he can't play because if he could, he hundred percent would have started. And obviously, knowing what Hibs are like, he probably would have had a decent shot of getting a goal or two. So that's a little bit annoying. But I think going forward, he's going to be a brilliant option, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I think, um, I think he, he's gonna, he's, he's gonna be good. And I think the one thing I liked about him was that he was so like up for it. He came on, and I mean, I mean, there was one time he was chasing back like to one with, to one of the Burnley midfielders, and he made like a, a bit of a tackle. When I was a bit like holding my breath a little bit, I was thinking, oh god, he's gonna get like booked something here because um, he was chasing him like a madman kind of thing. Uh, but he made like a really good tackle. And I, but I looked at it, and I thought, yeah, see, a lot of like forward players who had like injuries like he has like two ACLs in the past few years there might be players that duck out of challenges like that and yet he comes on and he just throws himself into it and I just think you know what I like this kid I think he looks I think he looks the real deal I think he's yeah I, I'm not look I'm not saying he's going to be the next Messi or anything like that but I just I just think he'll add something very different to what we've already got he'll be he'll be exciting he's someone to get you off your seat and at the end of the day that's what we're here for isn't it essentially well, yeah, I say I might not have watched him, but he was very highly rated. Like, I've seen a lot of talk about him, and he was very highly rated. I just think we need to keep him fit. Like, two ACLs at what? Is he Is he 22 or 23? It's, it's not 24, ideal. Yeah. Oh, is he 24? Okay. He's still very young, and you have two ACLs by the time you're 24. It's not ideal. So, just look, he looks like he's a sighted player. We've only seen 20 minutes of him, but let's just hope he stays fit. So I think we closed out the game very well, didn't we, against Burnley? I think Watkins had a chance as well, which James Trafford made a really, really good save, by the way. I think people were celebrating or already because you can't really see the bottom of the goal at Burnley especially if you're further back but what a save that was it's so annoying that Watkins is still searching for that sort of first Premier League goal but yeah fair play James Trafford there you've got to say he made a really really good save yeah I don't know how he managed to just catch it it was inc- it was incredible save from that sort of close range yeah he pre- look Watkins probably should have scored but um, I mean he's making he's making a lot of assists at the moment as well he's really contributing mm. and so Look, the goals will come. I mean, he scored a hat-trick against Hibs in, in the week, and the goals will definitely come in the league. You, you just know they will, but you know, it's, I don't think there's any concerns uh, for, from my point of view with Watkins. He's a key member of that Villa team, and he, like I say, he gets us going up front, doesn't he? Absolutely. I think we closed out the game really, really well. No sort of late onslaught or anything from Burnley. I thought we looked pretty comfortable, to be fair. just want to talk about the referee, and we were talking about it and getting really annoyed about it during the game, about how he was so reluctant to book anyone. I thought it was really, really weird. I think, especially after that Everton game, where the referee seemed to book absolutely everyone for everything, that Cam Archer one stands out where Archer didn't really do anything and got booked. But against Burnley, he just didn't book anybody, like for really sort of 
fouls are always a yellow card as well. T- tugging shirts on a counter attack or purposely tripping people up to stop them getting to the ball when the ball's already gone. Just not booking anyone. It was really bizarre. And if you're going to be like that, okay. But ensure that all the referees mm. are consistent though because we've literally seen it from one week to the next where they're polar opposites and thought it was really weird. Like even the goal as well. Like I said it sort of with tongue in cheek, but sort of after we were celebrating, he was like, oh, is he going to go back and book the play for that foul on John McGinn? Because it was late. The ball had already been gone. And there were so many times that happened. It was really weird. Yeah, he was very lenient, the referee was. Uh, very, very lenient. And to be honest with you, I mean, overall, I do prefer when referees are lenient. I don't like to see cards flurried around all over the place. I really don't like that. And so I do prefer when a ref's lenient. But as you said, I think it's about consistency. And as fans, and as probably as for players as well, it's, it's a bit confusing because one week you've got a referee who's handing out yellow cards like sweets. And then the following week you've got a referee who's not booking players for anything really and so it's just got to look it's got to, it's got to find a level of consistency I, I do think we need to be more I do think we need to have a level of, of leniency within the league I do I think players are getting booked for absolute stupid reasons and you know like for, for some things you can just you, just let go give, give a warning and let go there's no need for yeah. it and I think it ruins the spectacle in a way I, I do I sometimes think it does I think when players are booked so early on I feel like it does ruin the spectacle especially when it's like centre midfielders or centre halves or yeah like, like Louise against Louise against Newcastle for example I think he was booked wasn't he after the yeah. Tonali goal so early and it kind of limited um, limited him in what he could do sort of making fouls as well so I agree with you you're spot on there I think I, I, yeah that totally does ruin the sort of flow of the game um, and there's sort of paying sort of supporters we want to see a little bit of entertainment don't we and so to, to, to the referee's credit he probably managed the game how I'd like a game to be managed uh, but I'm not sure it's how the, uh, the, the, the the actual league wants wants the game to be managed if I'm being if I'm being honest and it's definitely against what we've seen so far in all the other games um, mm. and so yeah a bit of it it was a bit of a strange one but I like I say I'd, I'd quite like it if that was rolled out you know, overall, but look, we know it won't be. We'll be, talk- we'll be talking on the podcast next week about ridiculous decisions again and ridiculous yellow cards. I, I'm, I, I can just, I can just tell. Yeah, just make it consistent. That's all we ask. Just make it consistent. Um, Hibs is the next test then on Thursday. I think it's limited in how much we can sort of rotate. I think we were in the concourse before the game and we sort of were laughing the fact that Lee Johnson's been sacked. I think they lost at the weekend, didn't they? Hibs against someone who I think Hibs bottom of the league. I think they are actually. So they've started the season pretty terribly. Lee Johnson's been sacked. I think Thursday's going to be a stroll in the park, to be honest. Like I said, limited in sort of how much we can rotate. Durant to start, Olsen, well, yeah, things like that. But again, it's just going to be a cruise on Thursday, isn't it? Yeah, it should be. Um, I was looking at the earlier one. I was looking at the the list, the, the the list, the squad list that Villa submitted to UEFA for this for this Conference League playoff, and basically what they've done, they 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 basically submitted every single player who's in the who's in the first team but they also then so they they submitted like a second list which I didn't realize you could do this like a B list which is weird um and basically it was every single player who plays in the under 21s and even a couple from like the under 18 so mm. it, they could heavily rotate into being a very youthful side they could do I don't think they will do that I think that Emery will probably mix and match it wouldn't surprise me to see like Amari Kellyman get a run Possibly Josh Feeney, a couple of others maybe. Um, I don't think it will be a whole youthful side though. I think Traore play Duran, um, possibly Den Dunker if he if he's he might get an hour or uh, Wait, half an hour. What's happened to him? Where's he gone? <laughs> apparently he's been injured. He's apparently he's back in training. Start of this week, uh. so he might get a run out. He might get a run out. But yeah, Tielemans, yeah, people like that. Essentially, I think I think Chambers will probably play. Um, so yeah, but. 
I think Villa will still probably have enough in the tank to to win, even if it's a one nil, two nil, whatever. I mean, we're already we're already fighting it up. So it's a bit of um, it's it's a bit of a pre season friendly, isn't it? It is. It, it doesn't mm. mean anything. But saying that though, I still don't think Emery will want to lose the game. I still think for momentum no, purposes, no. he'll want to he'll want to go out there and win it. And remember, we've still got fans who are you know we'll we'll we'll, we'll be travelling distances to come, paying decent money for Villa's first European home fixture in 13 seasons and so yeah. um, we still want to win the game essentially and so yeah but I think we, we we just need to box clever a little bit maybe Bailey will come back in um, but yeah I think there'll be a fair bit of rotation um, and hopefully we'll see a couple of the young players I think that'd be I think that'd be really good for them yeah, it would be good for them, especially at Villa Park as well. But yeah, we need to win that game for momentum. But in a weird way, I'm sort of more excited for the draw on Friday for the for the groups than I am for that game. Yeah. I think we were looking on the coach up, weren't we, about sort of the potential. I mean, it's not completed yet because obviously the qualifiers aren't done. But I've been looking at these sort of um, potential pot groups that have come out and we were just looking at the teams, weren't we? <laughs> Made me laugh. You were sat on I mean, Sky Scanner thinking, how could we get to all of these places on the coach up to Burnley? And like the ones that stood out for me were was like the one in Kazakhstan, Astana, and how are we going to get there? But the one that takes the pip, I think, is the Faroe Islands. Yeah. If you don't know where the Faroe Islands is, people, it's between Scotland and Iceland. So that will be fun, whether we have to get a boat from Denmark or get a flight from Edinburgh, I don't know. But I think the draw on Friday, it's going to be good fun because we can get planning then, can't we? Yeah, I think, it, what was it, like fly to like Reykjavik and then like get get on a get on a boat or something, go to the Faroe Islands or something. Imagine so. the video. Imagine the video and the experience we'd have. It'd be it, incredible. It wouldn't be a good video for me. I'd get horrendously seasick so if that <laughs> if that if we get that Faroe Island team it could be problems it could be severe problems for me uh, I'll be like yeah the video will literally be me just throwing myself overboard probably so so yeah it could be really interesting but now nah, I'm looking look I'm really looking forward to it. I think it'll yeah I was looking at I'm looking at who West Ham got last season they got some really good really some really good trips to some random yeah, places and so Oh, I can't wait. I really, really can't can't wait. I'm buzzing for it. Yeah, I mean, we'll see because, like I said, the qualifiers aren't done yet. But looking ahead, it might be teams from Kosovo, Cyprus, uh, a couple from Switzerland as well, Serbia, Faroe Islands, Czech Republic, Kazakhstan. So it looks good, mate. It looks exciting. And I think the only thing for me is hopefully I can get to them all because I think there's a team in uh, Iceland that's got a cup. I mean, Google the stadium. It's got a capacity of about 3,000 mm. and Villa are projected to get 5%, isn't it, for away tickets. And that turns out to be about 150 to two. 200 tickets so that'll be a mad scramble um but yeah i'm just i'm just really looking forward to the trips because it's something that i've never done following villa um in europe so that'll be uh, really really interesting liverpool again next week though i think get the hibs game out the way keep everybody fit that liverpool game is it's going to be tasty isn't it? i think they look good um late on against newcastle obviously turning that uh, round really late of course uh, virgil van dyke getting sent off as well so he won't feature against aston villa but i think defensively they can be got out a little bit midfield has got a little bit of question marks about it going forward they're still very decent Salah still involved so it's going to be a tough game we came very close to winning at Anfield last season didn't we obviously threw it away uh, late on still a point is a very good result but going to Anfield next week with all this momentum mate it's going to be an interesting one isn't it yeah look it's always a tough game going to Anfield but you know I've got 100% faith in the manager that he'll he'll come up with a game plan which will test Liverpool next week and so look Liverpool are always expected to beat Villa at Anfield of course they are and they, and they you know they will be for the for the foreseeable sort of thing but like I say, we, we we can go there and hurt them though, and that's the main thing. And as I say, full faith in the manager to come up with a game plan to to 
to hurt Liverpool sort of defensively and um, and and defensively. And so yeah, looking forward to it. And I just think Villa are in the, are in the game whoever we face this season. So it's really interesting. And uh, yeah, I'm just I'm buzzing. I'm just buzzing to play games. I I love how we've got so many games on the horizon. I just love that. I love playing mm. love playing matches. Um, and I think that's what Emery loves as well. He, he he really sort of relishes it, doesn't he? And so yeah, I'm buzzing for the next week. I can't wait for it. Yeah, it's good fun. And I always enjoy going to uh, Anfield. I like going to Liverpool as well. It's a great city. So that should be uh, another good fun away day next Sunday. That will be the next time you'll see us on the Villa on Tour YouTube channel. Thank you very much for tuning in uh, to this podcast, chatting about what's happened at the weekend. It's been another good one. I always love talking about Villa wins. So thank you very much for tuning in. Like I said, please do leave a review. It actually really helps us out. So please go and do that on whatever pod, uh, podcast platform you are listening on. Please do subscribe so you never miss an episode as well. Like I said, thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next week. Up the villa. Oh, 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 oh.